If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter number 15. Exodus chapter number 15. Today's message is really a very simple one on the surface, but it can, be a very, it can have very profound results in your life if you wisely choose to grab a hold to this simple promise that God is giving us today. I want us to pray this morning that faith would be activated and that we would put our full faith and trust in the Lord our God who desires to do something great in your life today. Do you realize that God wants to do something great in your life? You know, if, if we don't believe that, it's going to affect every part of our lives. If we don't believe that God loves us, it'll, it'll sabotage the rest of our lives. If we don't believe that God is for us, it'll change the way we live. We have to realize today, and faith must be activated for us to realize this, that God is for us and not against us. That he wants to bless us and not to harm us. That he has plans and purposes for each and every one of our lives. And let me, get, let me tell you this, they're better than you could even imagine. You know, guys, I say that, and you know, personally, I don't know if you know this, but I have a pre-med degree. The plans for my life, Seth, were to go to medical school and be a doctor and do those kind of things. Those sound like pretty good plans now, don't they? But God had different plans for my life. And 20 years into this plan that is of God, I would not change a thing. Amen? Because the plans of God are good. Young person, teenager, God's got some amazing plans for your life. Young adult, you may still be trying to figure out the plan of God. Those, those things that you love to do, those things God has put in your heart, that is all part of the plan of God. Just trust Him through the process. Amen? That's not my message, but that was a good reminder to somebody here today. Let's pray and ask the Lord to touch us today because I believe this promise in Exodus 15 could change your life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word today. I ask right now, Lord God, that the truth of your word would just become reality to each and every one of us in here today. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your anointing upon this word. It's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody would say amen and amen. Exodus chapter number 15, just to kind of get you up to speed on things, God had just miraculously delivered his people from bondage. They had been in Egyptian bondage for many, many years, and God had just miraculously raised up a leader named Moses. I really like Big Mo. I'll let you figure out why, okay? But they raised up a leader, Moses. God delivered them from Egyptian bondage. They, uh, they, they found themselves in a very difficult position, being chased by Egyptian army, had a sea on one side, an army on the other. God opened up the sea set, they crossed on dry ground, and then God took care of their enemies. It's just a reminder that if you let God fight your battles, he's pretty good. But you and I as Cajuns, sometimes we want to get involved, don't we? Sometimes we want to say our part. Sometimes we want to do our part, and that just really kind of messes things up sometimes. But in Exodus chapter number 15, God has just miraculously destroyed the Egyptian army. They've had a celebration And then we pick up reading in verse number 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, you know, guys, us in South Louisiana, we don't understand that because it rains every day around here, okay? We got water everywhere. But this is a desert place. This is a dry place. So three days, no water, not a good thing. Verse 23, and when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? 
And Moses cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved to them his goodness. Verse 26. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought unto the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's what I want us to stress today. I believe that's the word that came to me in prayer when when I was seeking what needs to be taught today. And, And it's that simple phrase, I am the Lord that healeth thee. God wants to remind you that he's still God and he's still able to touch you. Sister Betty, aren't you excited to hear that? He's still God. He's still on the throne. What you're going through is not too much for him. What you're dealing with is not too much for him. Though you may be not able to figure it out, God has already figured it out. He's just looking for you to trust him. God says, I am the Lord that heals you. Now, In this area of healing, as I was praying for this message, I believe the Lord revealed to me that this promise of healing has a threefold meaning to you and I. Threefold meaning with regards to our body, our soul, and our spirit. You see, man who, like God, is a three-member being, body, soul, and spirit, the body is really what we think about. When we talk about God healing us, that's really what we focus on. We focus on our body. We focus on uh, our body because our bodies are not meant to last forever. How many have figured that out? Sister Eloise, we were having a conversation about that before church. That, that I said, how you doing today? She said, I'm a little sore, okay? And, and believe it or not, I'm even a little sore today. Hunter, remember when I was playing defensive in at practice Friday? I'm too old to do that, Okay. He was making fun of me because I was kind of reliving my, my days of youth. And Sister Sarah, I'm too old to do that, okay? I'm actually probably fortunate my back didn't go out. And Chantel would say amen, okay? But you know what, guys? Our bodies are not meant to last forever. So when we think God is the God who heals us, we immediately think of our bodies. And how many have seen God heal their body before? Absolutely. You've had it happen before. And that's important. The body is so vitally important. That's our outer man. That's the mortal man. And, and God wants to heal that. But do you realize God also wants to heal your soul and your spirit? You see, we as humans are body, soul, and spirit. The body is the outer man. That's what we see today. That's the hair you fixed this morning. Whether you're having a good hair day, a bad hair day, or a no hair day. Okay, that, that, that's the body. That's the outer shell. The inner self, the soul and the spirit is who you really are. And God wants to heal that too. God wants to touch your inner man. He wants to touch who you really are. See, God's promise to heal us applies to all three parts of us. Our body, our soul, and our spirit. So let's dig a little deeper concerning this promise that God says, I am the God that heals us. Hunter, did you go check on lunch? beautiful. Alrighty. By the way, that was just me being dad, making sure that things were taken care of. Number one, our body today. This area is the most common application of God's promise to heal us because our bodies are mortal. They're fallible. They're not meant to last forever. You know, I remember there was a day I'd get in front of a mirror, I'd flex and I'd kind of like what I saw. I avoid mirrors today. Okay, if there's a mirror in our bedroom, it ain't for me, brother Rick. It's for her. Okay, I mean, look, I I, I try. Hayden was making jokes the other day. Okay, he said, Dad, your arms look the same whether you flex or not. Uh huh. That's why he's going to be walking his senior year. Okay, 
My mom's like, well, I'm giving him money for a car. Yeah, I ain't going to let him spin it till he gets his mind right. Okay, but here's the deal, guys. Our bodies change. Our bodies change, huh? How many have watched your body change down through the years? Any of you ladies after kids realize your body changes? Okay, any of you guys realize your body changes, your hairline changes, your waist changes? Things change, okay? It happens. Our bodies are not meant to last forever. But the good news is God has given us some promises that he's able to touch our bodies. One of those great promises is found in Isaiah 53. I love this portion of scripture, verses 4 and 5, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was a bruise for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Guys, that is a declarative statement that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he gave his life for you and I at Calvary, he also paid the price for our healing. So Stanley, you were telling me about some situations the doctor was telling you about. Jesus paid the price for that. Amen. He paid the price for that healing. And I got good news for you. There's no copay with Jesus. Aren't you glad? Amen. God has paid the price for your healing. Matthew 8, 17 adds that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He carried those things to Calvary. Yes, he was carrying that cross up to Golgotha, but he was also carrying our sicknesses, our disease. He was carrying all that. First Peter chapter number two tells us a little bit more about God's promise to heal. First Peter chapter number two, beginning in verse number 21 Peter writes, For even hereunto were we called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found upon his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For we were as sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Note Peter's use of the word tree in reference to the cross and how God in Exodus chapter number 15, the story I just told you about, told Moses to do what to heal the waters? Throw a tree into the waters. Sister Eloise, you know the Bible and you know God does nothing by coincidence. What that was was a foreshadowing, an event that was telling about an event to come. It was like the Old Testament does so many times. It's looking to Jesus. It's foreshadowing the Messiah. It's getting us to look forward, look ahead to the plans and the purposes of God. That tree, it represents what Jesus was going to do. God's ultimate plan of redemption for mankind. His only son, Jesus' death on a cross at Calvary for you and for me. See, God can and will, will heal your body if you'll only trust in his promise. Amen? Who here today or watching on Facebook need a healing from the Lord today? If you're sick in your body, just lift your hand. Keep that hand lifted up. I want us to take a moment to pray. Right now? It's not altar time. Right now. When I was preparing this message, God said, right now.
So I want you to slip your hand up, and if you can, slip that other hand up. And church, I want you to help me pray. I want you to pray like we're praying for your mama. I want you to pray like we're praying for you. I want us to touch heaven right now. Why? Because God says, I am the God that heals you. Let's pray right now. Lord, I just ask right now that your healing virtue would begin to flow. God, I can't go through this sanctuary and touch every person, but you can. And I ask right now in the name of Jesus that healing would flow. Thank you for touching Robin. Thank you for touching Miss Anne. Angela, thank you for touching Eloise, Lord God. Thank you for touching Mike right now. Thank you for touching Witt and Jane, Lord, and Lorraine and Annabelle. Lord, thank you for touching Sister Gail. Lord, thank you for touching Annalie. I thank you, Lord, that she's going to get a good report on her eyes, Lord. I pray right now that your healing virtue would flow, not because of any promise I made, but because of a promise you made thousands of years ago. I am the God that heals us. We're asking right now in the mighty name of of Jesus, that healing would come. If you're watching on Facebook Live, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now for your healing touch, and we call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor, I don't feel any different. Guys, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. You know, I've gone see people in surgery before, and they'd had surgery, and they'd talk to the doctor, and the doctor says it's all a success. But Sister Josie, when I go see them in the hospital, they're still a mess. <laughs> I'm like, how you feeling? Ooh, I'm hurting, okay? And sometimes they got a little button they press, and it makes them not hurt no more. Don't you like those buttons, okay? But, but it's like, hey, how you feeling? Oh, I'm still hurting. But what did the doctor say? The doctor said everything went well. The doctor said everything will be well. The doctor said, you will be well. But pastor, I don't feel any different. The doctor said, you will be well. Amen? I am the God that heals you. Guys, that's a, good, that's a great promise. That is a good promise for each and every one of us today. But here's the thing. This right here is the point where some of us think this promise ends. Some of us think this is all that this promise entails is healing our body. Healing the outer man. But God in his wisdom doesn't do things halfway. God doesn't stop halfway. One of, the, one of my favorite promises in the Bible is found in Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1, I love it so much because here's what it says. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, he which began a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means our God finishes what he starts. Amen? He finishes what he starts. He finishes what he starts in your life. He finishes what he starts in your family. He finishes what he starts, okay? He doesn't start a project and never finish it. You are his project. You are the apple of his eye. And what he began in your life, he intends to finish. That healing work in your body, he intends to finish it. He wants your soul healthy. He wants your spirit healthy. God intends to finish what he starts. Now let's look at how this promise of healing applies just as much to our inner man, our soul and our spirit, as it does to our outer man, the body. Now let me give you a little background. Soul and spirit are often used interchangeably throughout the scriptures uh, with several different Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic words used in the Old Testament and New Testament. But they are used in reference to the inner man, the eternal part of man that exists forever. For today's message, I'm going to separate soul and spirit like this. Soul is going to represent your heart and your mind. 
Okay, Your soul is going to be your heart and your mind. Your spirit is going to be the seat of your emotions, your feelings, your attitudes, your personality. Basically who you are. Okay, Does that make sense? Again, that's a very simplistic way to look at it, but, but for today's message, that'll work. So let's look at the second area that God wants to bring healing to us. Not just healing our body, but healing our soul. You see, this is our hearts and minds that need a deep work that can only be done by God's only Son, Jesus. This is the place salvation occurs. Salvation occurs in our hearts and our minds when we respond by faith in our hearts to what we choose to believe in our minds about God's Son, Jesus. See, guys, till you get to the place that you recognize that God had a son named Jesus and he sent that son to this earth to die for you, until you realize that that's more than just a story in a good book, it's more than just a tradition, it is the absolute truth, you're not ready to have complete soul health. You're not ready to make a decision. But when you begin to believe that John 3.16 is true, That God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that God's son did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Until you begin to believe that, until you begin to, to, to reckon that and realize that that is truth, you're not ready to make a decision. Paul said in Ephesians chapter number two, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number four. But God, who is rich in mercy, aren't you glad he's rich in mercy? For his great love wherewith he loved us. Aren't you glad he loves you? Even when we were dead in your sins. You remember when you were dead in your sins? I do. You see, guys, that's one of the keys to never turning back. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God delivered you from. Look, guys, there's been some tough times in my life in the last 23 years since I've been serving the Lord, but I've never thought about going back because this Eloise ain't nothing worth going back to. Okay? Why would I want to go back to that, Joe? Why would I want to go back to that foolishness? Why would I want to go back to acting the fool? Why would I want to do that? It makes no sense whatsoever. But God, who was rich in his mercy, his great love, where he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together, made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Guys, there are some amazing pictures of grace in this room today. There are some portraits of grace. Joe, you're a portrait of grace. God's still working on you, bro, but he's still working on me too. Seth, you are a portrait of grace. Fabian, you are a portrait of grace. Ronnie, you are a portrait of grace. The enemy's tried to tear that painting up a few times, but he's failed miserably. And boy, he's about to pay. He's about to pay. All the teenagers that are going to be reached because of your ministry, the enemy done messed up. Guys, we are portraits of almighty God painted by his grace. Verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, guys, when you begin to believe that, when you believe that's more than just good stories, that's more than just preacher rhetoric, when you believe that that is absolute truth, it begins to change the way you act. You see, we act upon what we believe. 
Amen? And when we believe that to be truth, we act accordingly. We serve the Lord. We do things God's way. We open up our heart and our minds to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, guys, we recognize that the greatest need of our souls is for Jesus to come and accomplish God's promise of Exodus 15, healing our soul. This was the need that King David had after he failed God miserably. And we read in in Psalm 51 where he began to pray. Psalm 51 is one of my favorite psalms because it's just, it's David's prayer to God. It's David after he messed up. You know, guys, we all remember David as the mighty man of God, and he was a mighty man of God. We remember David as a man after God's own heart, and he was. But David also failed pretty miserably. Any of you in here ever failed pretty miserably before? Yeah, that would be all of us, okay? We all got hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That's why CR at 3 o'clock is for you, okay? But Psalm number 51 tells about David, David's heartfelt prayer where he was opening up his soul to the Lord. Let's read it. Psalm 51 in the King James says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According unto the multitude of my tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You see, guys, until we come to a place where we're able to acknowledge that we messed up, we can't get help. Until you admit there's a problem, You can't fix the problem. The first thing we need to realize is we've fallen short of the glory of God. We've messed up. We need God's grace and mercy. David recognized that. Verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speaketh and be clear when you judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Again, David's bearing his soul. He's being honest with the one person who can heal him. Look what he requests in verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That was David's cry. That was David's prayer for God to heal his soul, create a clean heart and renew a right spirit in him. And that's exactly what God did. Amen. God answered that prayer for David and he will do the same for you and me if we'll only humble ourselves and ask God for help. Third John one and two states that God's will for our lives. Anybody in here want to know the will of God for you? We want to know the will of God. I've talked to some people. They want to know what's the will of God. What's the next step? I have a junior and a senior in high school. They want to know the will of God. Where am I going to go to college? Who am I going to marry? All that crazy stuff, okay? Here's the will of God. Now, it's not quite as specific as colleges or wives, but here's what the Bible says, 3 John 1 and 2, that God's will for our lives as believers is that we may prosper. How many want prosper? How many want to be the favor of God? That's the will of God for you. That we may prosper, be in good health. How many like to be in good health? By the way, good health beats bad health, okay? Bad health, I got to go see you in the hospital. You don't want to see me in the hospital. You want to have me over for coffee or cookies, okay? Sister Annalie, I'd rather tea cakes than see you in the hospital. Much rather that, okay? Sister Betty, I love going to eat at your house rather than seeing you at Kenner Regional, okay? So I want you to be in good health, amen? 
God wants to prosper you, be in good health as your soul prospers. See, God wants your soul to be healthy as well. If you're not living this kind of life, I would encourage you, let God heal you today. Because God can heal your soul. Thirdly, this third area that God wants to heal is probably the area that we give God the least amount of access to. Our spirits. Our spirit is who we really are as individuals. Our emotions, our feelings, our attitudes, our personalities. Now, now let me note something right here. Although God will many times change our attitudes, change our feelings, change our emotions, He's not going to completely change your personality. Now, is he going to make some tweaks to your personality? Yes, and I'm glad he made some tweaks to my personality. You wouldn't want me as your pastor if he hadn't made tweaks to my personality. But who you are, that's who God created you to be. That personality. Some, some of you in here are bold. Some of you in here are shy. That's probably going to stay the same. You're just going to be able to use that personality more effectively for Jesus. So some of us are scared to give this part over to God because we're like, I don't know what he's going to do. Brandon, how much is he going to change me? You're still going to be who you are. You're just going to be a lot better version of who you are. Amen? You're going to be a lot better dad. You're going to be a lot better husband. You're going to be a lot better worker. Why? Because God shapes us and changes us to be more like his son. Okay? But this spirit thing, this is the one area that so many times we hold back from God. We don't give him access to it. And this is the amazing thing about God. He could force you to do it. He could force his hand because he's just stronger than you are. He's more powerful than you are. But he's also a perfect gentleman. He doesn't make you do something you don't want to do. He doesn't force you to give everything over to him. He encourages you. And through his word, he lays out all the benefits if you do. But he leaves the choice to you. The ball is in your court. But our spirits, our emotions, our feelings, our attitudes, our personalities, this can be the area that so many in churches today seem to hold back from God. I believe that we withhold this area because this area has been the place of greatest hurt in our lives. Think about how many times you've been hurt. Think about how many times you've been let down. It affected this area, didn't it? Your feelings, your emotions, your, your attitudes. You, you, you no longer trust people like you used to because they've let you down before. Friends, I want to challenge you. You can trust God. God is not a man that he should lie. Don, you can trust God. He won't let you down. He never has. He won't do it. But this is the area of our lives that so many times we have hurts and we have disappointments and we have pain. And the enemy of our souls tries through the difficulties of this life to break and permanently damage our spirits. Because if he can be successful, we will never fulfill all God has for our lives. That's the will of God for your life right there. Above all things, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. Guys, when our emotions are broken, when our our feelings are damaged, when we're struggling to walk in health in this area, we can't walk in that promise. John 10.10 says that Jesus came to give us life and that to the fullest. Until your soul and your spirit, until your inner man becomes whole and complete, you can't walk in that promise as well. I believe the Lord showed me that there are people that are handicapped in the church today. Because we're holding back this area of our lives. We're holding back those emotions. We're holding back that one little small area that God says, if you'll just let me touch you in that area, it'll change everything. 
If you'll just let me heal you in that area. You see, guys, why is it so important? Because through our spirits, we have the most intimate connection with the Lord. Because he too is a spirit. You need proof? John chapter number 4. Let's turn there real quick. John chapter number 4. God, uh, Jesus himself says this very thing. John chapter number 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father speaketh, seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, guys... If we're going to connect with God in a very intimate way, we have to be whole in this area of our lives. We have to recognize that God is a spirit, that he wants us to worship him, that he wants us to connect with him in this area. And if this area has been damaged, if this area is not healthy and whole and complete, you just can't be everything God wants you to be. It's virtually impossible to do this, to worship in spirit and in truth, if you've not allowed God to bring healing and restoration to your inner man, to your soul and your spirit. Psalms 34 makes several promises to us as believers about God's ability in this area. Let me read just a little portion of that. Psalm chapter number 34, beginning in verse 15. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Isn't that good to know? He looks out for you. And his ears are open unto their cry. Earlier in the service when we prayed, a little, little, little later in the service when we pray again, he's open to your cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and saveth such of a contrite spirit. You see, guys, if your heart is broken today, if your emotions have been damaged, if your feelings are hurt today, God's able to touch you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. What's the key? Trust in God. The key is putting your faith and trust in the Lord. Back to David's prayer in Psalm 51. Let's pick up reading again in verse number 10, and I'm almost done. Verse number 10 of Psalm 51. David says, Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, that, that thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Look at verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Guys, maybe today your, your spirit's broken. You've got issues in the inner man. God won't turn you away. God won't hurt you anymore. God wants to heal you today. Is your heart broken over something that's happened in your past? 
Is your spirit troubled today over some situation out of your control? I've got good news today for you believers. Psalm 147.3 says that, the, the, that God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up our wounds. His promise in Exodus 15 is in full effect today to heal your body, to heal your soul, and even your spirit if you'll only give him I was reminded of the promise of God. I am the God that heals you. I believe already God's healed some bodies in this place. I believe that God has touched some people. I'm I'm waiting to hear some good reports from some people who are going to see the doctor. But you know what? That's not the only area God wants to heal today. God wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your spirit. 